put it, but it was very difficult to be accepted that you were in nostalgia and you love fingerboarding and you were here for the good of the sport and that you love making boards. Like that was the most impossible thing for you to prove. Welcome to the Finger Space Podcast, a weekly show where we will dive deep into the history, stories, and controversies surrounding the fingerboarding community. Hey, what is up, everybody? You are listening to the Finger Space Podcast. Today, we are joined by a very, very, very special guest. Today, we are speaking to Jared from Northwoods FB Co., who, in my opinion, is one of the most influential FB companies of the last decade. Jared, how, do you, how are you doing? It is an honor to speak to you today. It is an honor to speak to you, too. Thank you so much for having me. Man, so Jared, I guess we'll just dive right into it. I know we were having a little pre pre recording conversation, but how did you get into fingerboarding? How did this all start for you, for Northwoods, for for everything? What's the backstory? The backstory is long and exhausting, so I'll, I'll do my best to skip ahead at, at some certain decades. What I can only surmise to be 1988. I was in eighth, ninth grade kind of area, 12 is 13 is somewhere around there. Obviously, real skateboarding was kind of Finally becoming a thing, skate shops having like Klaus Kabaki or, or however that last name is said, typographic, you know, the classic with the rails and the tail guard yeah, and yes. all of that. Uh, it was kind of right when that was first kicking off. And someone in my class had one of the clear keychains. And I did a little bit of research and apparently I couldn't really find a confirmation on the name brand of them, but it was it was pre-Tech Deck. And I, the only name I was able to find was NOS or NOS. NOS. Uh, is the yeah, is the clear key original keychain that that I can seem to figure out. Anyway, a friend at school had it, and you know started playing with that a little bit. And also, kind of on the same note, my my brother and I at home we lived in we moved into this house that had a bunch of like I said, going to try not to string it up too long. That had a bunch of uh, Reader's Digest books that were in the house already, and they made uh, you could you could build ramps and and ledges and all kind of stuff with them. It was like okay. block. Yeah, and so my my brother and I we started taping index cards and using shugu because that's what was on hand because we were skaters and tearing up our shoes to glue several index cards together and then we would tape the nose and tail kind of across it uh, like a suspension wire to hold the nose and tail while it dried and without trucks or wheels we would just we would fingerboard on, on the, the carpet or on these books and then my brother figured out that you could do a little stack of index cards and take a hot wheel set of wheels and tape that on and so now we had wheels. wow this, yeah and wow yeah and and, and and at the time, Thrasher Magazine and Transwell was pretty much our only, and an occasional video, but those early days, we didn't even really have a whole lot of access to video. And we were, a lot of this comes down to being poor too. We couldn't get good skateboards. We had Nash's. And so one of the ways that we were able to kind of exercise our want for real skateboards was to go into the Thrasher Magazine and, and cut out. I remember specifically the the Mark Gonzalez graphic with the purple flowers with your, your boy that's kind of slinky, looks like Prince a little bit. That graphic in particular, I remember taping to the bottom of an index index cardboard and, and skating. So that was kind of where it all started. And then my mom, we were we had a really bad year. We were really poor. And my mom promised us all brand new skateboards completes. And we were blown away. We were like, there's no way. That Christmas morning, she gave us the first Tony Hawk ramp. And it was a little half pipe. And some fingerboards, and that was the first. Tech, that was like the first tech deck experience. It was pretty much right when they came out. My mom was on top of it. She knew that we had been doing the other things, you know, obsessively. She got us that for Christmas, and it was it was the, the coolest thing ever. We we probably skated that ramp for like just three days nonstop. You know, it was amazing. That's incredible. So that's, especially yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how far back it goes. You guys were making. I, I, that's the first time I'm ever hearing somebody you know because 
I've, I've been fingerboarding since 2010 and tactics have always been around for me but the right. fact that you, you you've been doing this before tech decks were even thing and you guys were were engineering and finding out ways how to make these fingerboards with practically no resources or no how to no youtube none of this you guys were just making it happen that, that's that's and, and i think it comes back to this nostalgia you ever sat in the passenger and i know you have i know you've sat in the passenger seat of a car and you've held your fingers up and you've skated the railing of the bridge or you've ollied over the stop sign or whatever it is we yeah, used to do that right we used to do that long before there was fingerboarding it was just it was part of the expression of skating was you'd see things in the natural world and want to skate them whether you could get out of the car and do it or not so you would you would do it with your fingers and and i think it just kind of extended off of that and what what's funny is when i go and look back at it too is that was happening kind of everywhere like that's the same i'm sure you know the lance mountain situation had a huge effect on what we were doing in fingerboarding and because he was into it like it was just it was kind of evolving everywhere almost at the same time kind of like how skateboarding fads do you know like yeah. small wheels or big pants or whatever it is that comes across it just it's like a wave across the country and we just happen to naturally be taking part of that anyway so it's it's i and it was it was going to happen regardless because i remember and you've done it you've probably done it too skateboard uh, fingerboarding with your pencil on the side of the desk in class yeah and yeah, i think we've all and then, and then I, when they first issued kids ids I know that's a common thing now. It may not even be anymore. Y'all might have a chip or something now, but like they 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 gave us ID IDs, and I was so stoked because now you can skate the ID on your desk. You know, that was the fingerboard. You just pop it off the edge of the desk and do some shove or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, that 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 is very true. A lot of us, I mean, finding something something that we can at least replicate and try and jump around, you know, the table or right. anything anything we can get our hands on. Right. So that that that's that's kind of where it all started. Northwoods didn't obviously happen until many years later, right around the time that you actually started fingerboarding was kind of when there was a resurgence and then in between that time of me being 13 and starting that and being 30 uh well, 36 35 or 36 or whatever it was that i was when i started northwoods was me fingerboarding collecting tech decks obviously i'm excited about tech decks the fruit tape would wear out them so i buy another it was an excuse to buy one every time you go to walmart or whatever and i pretty much just every time my girlfriend or whoever would leave the house that's what i would what i would do was just fuck around excuse me <laughs> You know, I feel I feel you on that one. So what were your like uh, kind of take me back to like that Christmas morning in that era when you were 13 and you were these fingerboards that come out, these tactics came out. What were what was that like? Like what was school like? Did everybody else get these tactics? What was that whole culture, the beginning of the tech culture like? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. I actually remember that culture being still again pre tech deck that started with that keychain fingerboard. And I remember people having new graphics or ones that we hadn't seen yet. And, and I remember gathering around before class would start to check it out, you know, kind of unofficial show and tell, you know, and I think when, when tech decks started, the, the, the problem with tech decks is they aren't easy. They're easy to buy. They're easy to collect, but they're not really that easy to skate. So I think that there was some of that kind of like pog style interest or trading or whatever it is that, yeah. that, that went down with it. But, even that reference is dated. That's also, but but I think there was some of that that went down. But for the most part, it quickly became something very very personal. And even starting in when you did fingerboarding was in a different place than it had been prior to. At least in my eyes, prior to it was very much a um, a personal hobby that I didn't really outwardly share. I, I definitely yeah. refer to any time prior to Northwoods as being in the closet in that respect, because 
it wasn't a part of my outward life. Definitely, you know, the girlfriend didn't find out until it was way too late, you know, that kind of thing. Really? Um, oh, yeah, because there seemed to be a stigma on it, especially as you would get older. Why are you, you know, as you're you're 30 and you're playing with the tech deck, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I would just kind of keep it to myself. Plus, it's it's annoying, you know, yeah. especially especially tech decks. I mean, to watch to watch good fingerboarding is amazing. That's not what I'm talking about. To watch somebody repeatedly smack a, a tech deck around is annoying even if I'm doing it. And, and it's partly because I know there's there's got to be a better option. <laughs> but that I think that, you know, it, that's that's kind of, it became a personal thing for me, very much so. And I would use it to just work out skateboard tricks or to try to understand physics if I could, or just, I'm very fidgety. I'm, I'm right now, my, my legs are moving around and my hands are flipping around and I'm constantly playing air drums and tapping on things. And and I think long before we had access to even the knowledge that people need fidget spinners and that kind of thing, there was tech deck. And that was the way that you could feel that not only the fidgetiness of it, the, the kind of nervous action of it, the soothing action of it, but also that expressiveness with skateboarding. That's, that's uh, very true. Right. So, yeah. so, so, so that was in, in, in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. You started Northwoods around 2010-ish. Is is that when you said you started? Yeah, that's correct. I started in the fall, the fall of 2010. Yeah. So, what was the scene like then? Ten years later, what 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 kind of shifts did you see happening that inspired you to start this fingerboard company? I mean, obviously, you weren't going to be making them out of you know index cards anymore. So, what what kind of changed in, in those ten years? That's a good. That's a great question, actually. I think one of the main things that had there's there's a couple of things that came into play to start the fire. One was up until that point, I had been involved in music projects heavily, original music projects, been in a band for 17 years and then another band for four years. And that was kind of my life. That, that was everything that we did, band practice and then play shows and, and that kind of thing. And I'm, I was living in Louisiana and I moved away and kind of went to chase down this snowboarding dream uh, after things fell apart in Louisiana, you know, thanks in part to opiate crisis and some other things. I went ahead and and cut my losses and, and headed out to Colorado where my wife and I had um, done some honeymooning and, and tried to learn how to snowboard and just kind of went and chased a dream. I found myself alone uh, because she ended up getting a job in the movie industry and so she ended up being out of state. So I was living in this small mountain town called Minturn right outside of Vail with literally nothing to do. And it was, it started, you know, the weather started getting to where you couldn't go outside anymore and hang out, but you couldn't go snowboard because the, the hill hadn't opened. And at the same time, I had started fingerboarding outwardly. I had been in the closet up until I started working for Bale Resorts. And a buddy of mine, I had my fingerboard with me one day. We were both in cubicles. And my buddy, Brendan, I call him Bacon, um, which is where the Bacon graphic comes from. He got wow. really into it. So I brought him up. I brought him. And these are wooden tech decks, okay? So I scored the wooden tech decks, which nice. I don't remember. I do remember so those. much better, right? So much better. So I'm stoked on my wood tech deck. I buy him one. I bring it to him. So he starts learning. We're both being... Tech teching annoying jackasses in the call center in these two cubicles. I'm using my mouse pad and everything to skate. Well, this is a very critical time for me because it's the first time I'm actually coming out with the fingerboard. And it's also, I'm really getting used to this wooden fingerboard and I'm really liking it. And the only target, you don't have many stores up here that you have access to. And the local target quit selling the woodlands. And my buddy Brendan broke his one day and I went to go get him another one and we didn't have one. And so here's, I was not involved in the global fingerboard scene. 
I was, like I said, to myself. And then now this guy that's sitting next to me that I'm at the resort who happens to snowboard. We have that in common. That's it. So I decided to go online and go, okay, how do I get a, a real wooden fingerboard? And I remember, and this is early internet stuff too. So I start searching and I find a couple of companies. There's flat face. I remember running across, but I don't remember anything about it. There is, and the reason is, is because my, uh, there was one other, um, I didn't run across Black River yet or Berlin Wood. I ran across one other, I want to say it was like a company called Z Shred maybe. I don't know if you remember them. I, I, I'm not aware of a Z Shred or a Z company, but yeah. another, another fingerboard brand at the time. Right, another fingerboard brand at the time. And then Yellowwood. And dude, Yellowwood's website was like nothing that you had ever seen at the time. It was, it was just like picture after picture of authentic looking boards, trucks, wheels. It was a company that was, that was taking fingerboarding serious. And at the same time, I was living in Colorado and, and enjoying snowboarding and enjoying adventures where the snowboard itself, I was appreciating the technology that, that the creators put into this board because it allowed me to go on these adventures. And I, and I started questioning why the quality wasn't in fingerboarding, why nobody was taking fingerboarding seriously. That was in my cabin, my little A-frame, bouncing in my head and then I run across Yellowwood all the way over in Portugal and you know I'm just like wait a minute here is somebody taking it seriously and like way ser more serious than I could imagine and I was like surely this is what I need and to be honest with you if I wouldn't have started Tech Tech I would I mean <laughs> Tech Tech if I would have started Northwoods that's an amazing slip up if I would have started Northwoods I would probably be just just riding Yellowwood because they they blew me away with their presentation with their quality and I, there was no way I was going to pay 50 plus dollars for a board from the UK or from Portugal or whatever to have it shipped. So once I did the shipping calculation and everything, I was like, surely it'll be cheaper to just make one. Man, I, I tell you that that exact thing that you described with what happened to you with Yellowwood, that aha moment, like, wow, I don't think it's something that a lot of individuals, younger kids or people that are just not getting into the scene are going to be able to experience because everything's so readily available now, you know, on Instagram, on YouTube and, and so on and so forth. It's like almost everybody that gets a tech deck and looks it up already knows about fingerboards but i can i can really see where you're coming from because i remember when i looked up fingerboarding for the first time as well and for me it was flatface's website that i was like wow it's that yeah. that initial uh, exposure that you're like wow this is really a thing yeah and it really is a special feeling that sticks with you forever yeah it, it, it absolutely and you're you're right in that it and you can't you can't be even frustrated that certain generations can't appreciate it at the level that you can or the level that I can because it's Im almost impossible not to take it for granted. The amount of good, good the the quality of products that have, have really just jumped in the in the last few years and everything, all the miniature stuff is like everybody's busting it out. It's so good. So I mean, how could you not just say that's always been here? <laughs> I just think <laughs> that's that kind of stuff's always been here, but it didn't. It was yeah. just a couple of, you know, it was just a couple of people in a couple of different places on the planet that were really trying to do it. And, and I'm sure that there are more than, you know, the couple that we've, that we've mentioned. But I do remember that same year running into, that was the same year that, or shortly before the then Black River store opened up for the first time ever in Berlin. That was, I ran across Black River trucks and I remember grabbing my coworker who was really an integral part in me actually starting Northwoods. And he had nothing to do with fingerboarding. I grabbed him and I was like, look at these trucks. And he's like, whoa, I said, these trucks are $55. And he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and that, that I think I think that's another thing that uh that the kids these days, as they say, um may not may not hit them quite as hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and those were the were those the original, the 29s, the yeah, 
Oh yeah. yeah. Twenty nine was all we had then. That's yeah. another good point. Like even twenty nine was that was kind of that was kind of pushing it. I remember when all I could get was the thirty. No, it was the twenty nine trucks. And I was concerned that they were going to be too wide for the decks that I was creating because my decks were 28. And so I went ahead and, and made a little bit wider deck with the trucks. And that, that is incredible how the times have, have definitely shifted. Well, oh, yeah. uh, before we get into the, the comparing different, there are different, I like, to, I like to refer to it as like the two different decades, you know, the 2000s, uh, 2010, and then to now. But if we can talk a little bit more on, on Northwoods and how it came to be, you're mentioning your coworker who was an integral part in, in you actually starting Northwoods. So what, what was that like the, let's say the, the day, what was that process like when you first started Northwoods? All right. So it started with, we could pick up right where I left off, which is I can make a, a cheaper finger port. The, the dumbest thing I ever thought in my mind ever in my life was I can make a cheaper fingerboard than spending $55 for a yellow would be since my house. Because what then happened was a level of insanity I really didn't think I could achieve. First, I got on YouTube, which was in its very inception. And there, I do not know who it was. I wish I did. I wish I knew who it was, but there was a guy who made a video and he showed you how to make a mold um, using Bondo out of a tech deck. And what you would do is wrap the tech deck in like a cardboard from a cereal box and do the top, you fill the top with Bondo and then you flip that over and you'd wrap the top. After you remove the tech deck, you wrap the top and fill that with Bondo and now you have both sides. You're not referring to Izilli, are you? I, I could, I'd have to see the video to know, yeah. but if there's a video from 2010 where a guy explains how to do that, that's it. It's Izilli, um, AKA Michael Williams. Thank yeah. you so much for filling that gap in my mind. He was, uh, he was a big, because I remember him, he was a big YouTuber at the time, man. Uh, he, he stopped a few years, but more like maybe five years back now, but he was a big fingerboard YouTuber at the time, one of the originators, but I'm, I'm sorry, keep going. No, don't be sorry. Do not apologize for that. I swear you just made me so happy by giving me that information because uh, he was the two sticks that, that rubbed together. I, he, there was, I would have had nowhere to go if we didn't have that YouTube and, and the delivery system. And then this gentleman who took it upon himself to share that technology or whatever because it wasn't where i ended up even close but it gave me a, a starting point it gave me a way to be creative even at a level to where just just to start it so for example i made one out of a tech deck but before i even did i was like that's cool that that michael did that but i'm gonna melt you know i'm gonna and he may even have done this so I, i'm not gonna try to take credit for it but I'm, he may have even melted the, the the nose and tail to make him sleep i was like that's that's an amazing idea if he came up with it great so I probably got that from him too, because every bit of creativity I feel like is influenced from something else. You can't you can't help it anyway. But if he blessed us with that information too, even more power to him. So yeah. I kick, I make kicks. It's it's the first step that I feel like every deck maker thinks that they need to change about a fingerboard is they're going to change the kicks. That's the problem is the kicks are high, and I actually went down a, a pretty difficult path with that. So I made that one. And then realized I didn't have to use the tech deck anymore that I could do sheet metal. I just had to bend the sheet metal properly. And then I could make more of a rectangular shape as like you would your common, like you see your common molds are instead of this kind of oblong looking mold. So I made a bunch of those that included the, that's when I started putting in the sweet ridge because I could control the concave. So I then put the little kind of convex down the center. And admittedly, obviously the first couple were like way bigger than they needed to be. But the idea was, is that it was part of me trying to take fingerboarding seriously, which is you're very sensitive in your fingertips. And maybe the tech deck single concave 
maybe your fingers could take more information and could use more sensitive spots or sweet spots for that, for, you know, to go to for these different, because I, I noticed, you know, if you back your finger up and put it on the side, it's easier to do a, a trach lip or, the, you know, let people discover those little nooks and crannies themselves, but at least try to go down that road and figure out, is there something there? And, and it gave me that kind of snowboard technology aspect. And then I was like, well, then now if I have a shakedown that I like, or I'm trying to figure out the now, what else do snowboards do? They're, they're all about materials. They got graphite and all kinds of stuff. And I'm going to make them bend at certain points and all this. Admittedly, I haven't gotten there yet, but I did start diving into different woods. What woods were stiffer? What woods were flexible? What woods light? What woods would break? What woods were really pretty? And man, what a rabbit hole. You know, I, I, I already feel like I'm, I'm gone down and just talking to you for babbling for this long about it. But no, no, that's no, not at all. That's a, uh, that's that's kind of what happened, and I just say to myself, I didn't buy the Yellowwood, and and then I swore actually as I started getting more into the development of it, I swore to myself that not only would I not buy any other brand, but I didn't want to see one, and see what anybody else was doing in real life for as long as I could possibly stand. Yeah, and it wasn't until 2014 that I actually saw. I was handed physically real other brand fingerboards because Martin Edinburgh from Black River brought me to his apartment and gave me a board. And it was when I first arrived in Berlin for a Battle of the Herricks, which I was expecting. I was like, before I even left, I was like, okay, now I can allow myself because I've already developed everything that I wanted to. I can allow myself to go not only show what I've developed, but also see what everybody else has done. And that was actually the first real other fingerboard that I got was a Black River deck um, that, from Martin. That is incredible. So you went from starting in the in the 90s to you use tech decks but i they count as fingerboards but not you know handcrafted artisanal fingerboards you went all the way up until 2014 until you tried another an actual fingerboard yeah other than a northwoods that's exactly right wow and and it was it was just in the interest of trying to i came from making original music for almost 20 years and mom always told me to do my own thing you know that kind of thing so I wanted to, and Colorado has a way of nurturing people and their ideas. I mean, the way, so I just wanted to try to insert something, you know, original into it. And I've often, you know, thought about language for, what is it? If, if two twins are, are put in a cave or put in a, an isolation area and they aren't allowed any kind of other, they will develop their own language kind of thing. I, it, yeah. it, was that kind of, it was that kind of concept I wanted to create for myself too. And I had the perfect environment. I was in this little A-frame in this little snowy mountain town and you couldn't get out or do anything. And I was editing weddings for a living. So that was just even more, you stay in your whole kind of thing. So it made sense at the time to just like, just to stay in, stay in that mind frame and stay in that hole until I could come out with something that I wanted to show the world, which taught me also a lot of valuable lessons just about life and, and, and approaching um, bringing what's inside of you, whatever art that is or whatever creation that is inside of you and, and not just creating it in your bedroom, but then delivering it to the world. Right. And, that- that's that's wonderful that's that's incredible because you know what what you did i guess is kind of the reason and i don't know how you how you hold your boards but i've seen them and everybody has seen them as some of the highest quality fingerboards that i've ever put been put out on the market but if that's what you were all that's only if that's if that's what you were only using and that's kind of what you had i mean you you had a lot of time to practice i guess and make these and and really perfect your craft that's it and then and then as i got more serious about it it just got more expensive because you can only do Bondo for so long and you can only beat um, sheet metal and think that it's symmetric, you know? 
for so long before you're like, okay. And, and you gotta, you gotta remember, this is in the very early ages of like even 3d printing was this weird thing. And so even prototyping was so difficult and to put in perspective in order for me, everyone can get, you can go get a fingerboard mold right now from any number of companies. It could be 3d printed. You can get a good one. If you can get on the waiting list at NFB or other companies like that, that are aluminum and everybody kind of, they just think that that's, there was always molds that you can you can have, but yeah, it was okay. magic that it was magic that Flatface had molds, and it was magic that Black River had molds. And it turns out it was a problem for me that it was magic that I was able to achieve a mold. And it ended up being a problem later on when I was trying to prove myself to the scene. I'm sure we'll get to that at some other point. But the mold itself had to be created by a man who was well into his fifties, had no idea what a fingerboard was, and created airplane parts for a living. So. I also had to go to this uh, design firm down in Denver and talk to them about CAD and get a program sold to me for $4,000, a SOLIDWORKS program that was used because I had a 3D program, but it wasn't the right kind. It was like golf club at a baseball game type of thing. So I had to spend money on this program called SOLIDWORKS. And with that, they got a guy to design my mold for me because I still had no idea how to use it, but I knew I was going to use it in the future to make wheels and make trucks. So it was worth the investment. That, but that I, is. but I, I didn't have it. I didn't have any money, and I needed at least four thousand dollars for this mold. And so um, I, I created the, the guy that I was talking about. My coworker, his name is Walt. He had nothing to do with fingerboarding. He sold wildlife photography online, and after seeing my product a couple of times, he also taught snowboarding privately. And he said, "I've got three students that fingerboard, and they would love one of your boards. Would you make some for me for Christmas?" And this is for Christmas, two thousand ten. And I made I made him the three boards, and he actually paid me money for the fingerboards for the first time, and brought it to him. And it was just the decks. Um, they had to supply they they fit the tech deck trucks and wheels or whatever, but they had to supply them. It was just the decks. And he was like, "Man, you've really come a long way with these in such a short time." Because I involved him in all of my, you know, psychotic journey through trying to get this right. Your your, your evolution. Fact, yeah. In fact, he saved he saved my life, and it, it comes down to fingerboarding almost killed me, which is maybe another chapter. So he was like, you, you know, this is amazing. You should, my, my name is trademarked. You should trademark a name and then sell these boards online. I'll show you how to do the PayPal thing. And I was like, this is amazing. Cause I had already run websites for my bands up until now, but we didn't sell anything. There was no e-commerce. So to have someone be able to teach me how to do e-commerce. And then, so I called a lawyer and I found out the trademark was going to be $1,200. So I'm like, man, I got to get some money. I got none. The money I do have, I keep blowing on glue and wood and, and obsessing over Bondo. <laughs> so I went to the bank, first bank in Vail. I got, I put on a suit and I packed up all of my fingerboard gear. And I, by then I had created a name and the name came from this, the same guy, Walt called me one morning and asked me to go on a hike. We actually hiked up Vail mountain before the season opened in like thigh to waist deep powder up to the top of this run. And we dropped in and it was just it was untouched powder. It was amazing. It was probably the most beautiful experience of my early snowboarding life there. It kind of put a cap on, you know, the courage that it took for me to adventure so far out of my comfort zone to be there. And the run that I was on is a run called Northwoods. Wow. So when it, when, it, when it came time for what was I going to call the, the uh, I almost said call the band, <laughs> what was I going to call the company? It was Northwoods. So I went to the bank with 3D, and uh, not 3D, and 3D drawn out concept art, all about the concave measurements just this huge presentation, pulled, a, pulled one of my fingerboards out, did some ollies, did some shove did probably hopefully did a kickflip, actually landed a couple of things for this banker manager guy who is entertaining the silliness. And then they gave me the loan that I needed. 
and they gave you the loan. Wow. They gave me the loan. I, actually, what they gave me was, and, and it's, I'm glad they did it. What they did was they gave me this kind of balance of five grand beyond my zero balance of the account that I started. So it was a loan within the account. So I could pay it back over time. I could use it again. It was more like a line of credit than just a straight loan. And that was that was pretty much then I, I went down to Denver and got them to make the file and summoned the program. And I went to the airplane guy and said, here's the part, make it. And he made it out of steel harder than Terminator 2. And like it was unnecessarily hard and I had to get it redone. So the the, the mold itself cost me $1,400 the first time they had it cut. And then I had to get it recut. It cost me another $700. Wow. So this is just trying to get started. And I've already, I'm already like $7,500 easy in to what people can can have for 150 250 bucks now you know that, no problem. that is incredible and, and and this is this is very important insight for the community i think to 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 know and understand and thank you for sharing because this is huge i mean i started my fingerboard brand deck brand last year and i probably admittedly put all in all in all 500 bucks into it and 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 i was good to go but to, to hear that you're spending you know seven almost eight thousand dollars just to get started for, for for a passion that is that is definitely incredible well, and I don't know, my, uh, my credit limit was only five. So I, a lot of that was just like wedding money that, you know, editing and like just your hard earned money from your job, you know, coming out. And, um, I would, I was making good money at the time as $15 an hour, which is, you know, not a whole lot now, but at, at the time, not bad at all to be able to still live in the mountains. And I was lucky. I was actually living with my, my boss who had a, a piece of a garage. Well, I moved to my bosses who had a piece of garage that allowed me even more of an opportunity to kind of start to hone, hone the craft and, uh, and, and, and get a little bit more hold of what I want to do. But so, um, I'm glad that it's useful. So I think, I think since then, uh, your, your story on your website, on YouTube, on Instagram has, has been very well documented. But, you know, nobody has ever, I don't think anybody's ever heard the, the process that you went through to kind of get to where you are now. What do you think is, is the biggest difference now versus when you started in, in the fingerboarding scene? And besides everything, <laughs> now, in, in what in what respect? Because um, they, it's it's changed in in a multiple different ways. Sides, I see it as kind of a like a, a like a hexagon or an octagon or something. It's got multiple sides. It's it is it is multiple sides. But when you when you think of the scene back then, you think yeah. of you know a handful of companies. Uh, you know, yeah. this this making fingerboards isn't common. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of everybody's kind of in the closet about it. Uh, as, right. as you kind of said, and now it's right. this whole world and, and plethora of, of information and people and sharing in a whole community across the globe. Uh, but yeah. What do you kind of see are, are the things that change the most or stand out to you now that I guess you could have wished that you had when you started? First of all, a, what Instagram is particularly Instagram, Facebook, fine, it's kind of, kind of a similar thing or whatever. But one of the main things that have changed. And I, let's, we can just approach it from a deck maker's perspective, if you want to, instead of like a fingerboarder's perspective, because I don't know what it's, I was thinking about it earlier. I don't know what it's like to be Jared Patton in the fingerboarding scene. I've only and always been Northwoods in the fingerboarding scene. I've always been as a maker in the scene. And so my perspective mostly will come from that. But I think that the game changer to me was having a level playing field something that everyone kind of takes for granted now. And you may not feel like it's level because it's so vast. It's it's like saying, well, the ocean's level, but it's so big. We weren't in an ocean, but man, was it choppy. So when I decided to bring my product forward, it was a 
very negative and terrifying experience. And that was a surprise to me. I was super excited. I had no idea what the, you know, what the world was going to hold, but surely the fingerboard scene would be excited about someone taking fingerboard seriously. And, and I think that there's a different game that you have to play now or a different way you have to prove yourself. Then you had to, it was like getting into a secret society then. If that is, it's kind of a general way to put it, but it was very difficult to be accepted that you were nostalgia and you loved fingerboarding and you were here for the good of the sport and that you loved making boards. Like that was the most impossible thing for you to prove. It was impossible. It took, it, it was, it took years for, and, and the way it's very difficult to be accepted that you were nostalgia and you love fingerboarding and you were here for the good of the sport and that you love making boards. Like that was the most impossible thing for you to prove and yell. That's what forms are. And to try to say, hey, I'm me and I'm doing a real thing and it's, it's, I'm doing it with the right intentions and I love it in the middle of this, not only chaos, but this very doubtful chaos because it probably would have behooved me to be in the scene prior to Northwoods. I would have understood that there is a bit of a protective layer around the scene at that time because they had already been kind of ambushed with sub-quality products, whether it be from countries who just didn't care or individuals who didn't care or trying to take advantage of. And so I walked into a room where everybody was already on guard and I didn't know it. I walked in the room going, hey guys, how's it going? And it's like walking into a biker bar and trying to do show and tell. That's what you don't have now because you, you right now, whether you get, whether you have five followers or you have 500,000 followers, you can release something that is your creation and you can say, Hey guys, gals, this is what I did. Do you like it? And, and if you're, if you're grown up about it, you'll accept whatever comments, but if somebody's mean, just outright vicious, you're in control, but this is early internet, early form. Everybody's anonymous. Everybody's, you know, AK 47, 69, they all got stupid names and everybody is, is they think that they're just tinted windows in traffic and that they can ram into you. And it's, it, it was a very, very difficult task to not only get your voice heard, but to be believed. And if, it's, if you're creating something that takes a magic wand to do it, which at the time, the magic wand was the mold, then no one believes you. And no one believes that you didn't just buy all that for three. Dude, we know you bought all those decks for $3 a pop in China and you're trying to rip us off. And you're like, no. Well, show us how you made it. No. It's at that point, I felt like I was protecting the last year or two years of me trying to develop this, this thing. And was still very, very protective about it. I actually remained fairly protective about aspects of it all the way up until pretty recently. There's certain things that I still am uncomfortable talking about because they were such a large, long, arduous trip. And also because I feel like the journey itself, the challenge itself of me having to figure all this out, that was the beautiful part. And I think that kids are robbing themselves by wanting the cheat code, by just one, give me the answer. Give me the answer. How did you do that? Tell me how you did that. I want to know now how you did that. How did you make those graphics? How did you make that board? Tell me now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it up. And then it's just like a cheat code and they don't have to figure out a damn thing and they don't learn anything about themselves. And they don't, then the product doesn't mean anything to them. And then they wonder why they give up the company in less than a year even or two years or, hey guys, I got a company, follow this, I'm doing a giveaway. And then two years later, they're gone. 
It's because your heart was never into it because it didn't have to be. You didn't have to invest any of the real you into that product to make it be. You just said, hey, hey everybody, tell me how you did everything, and then I'll just, I'll just do it. What is the point of that? Man. That's it. So. So much, so much wisdom. Sorry, the rant. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. That it's it's so true in in what you're saying and what you're sharing. That that what you were just what you were just describing is I think why we have so many fingerboard companies nowadays. But why so much, why everybody's putting out the exact? It seems like everybody's putting out the exact same thing, and it's not always good. You know, you had to crawl through the mud and and you had to go through the gutters to to figure out to to perfect your product and and put out something of quality of standard and something that you cared about that you just won't easily let go to waste. You had to work for it. And I think that is something that a lot of people nowadays definitely do not go through. Now, now I hate to cut this this short, but we are running a little bit long, but I definitely think we should revisit this topic again. <laughs> I, know, I know we just only scratched the surface, but- Real quick, real quick. Real quick, I will, I will say that the challenge that kids that anyone faces now is the oversaturation. It's the ocean. It's that everyone can make a fingerboard company. And so if you want your, your quality product to shine through, you still have the, to do the same thing. It's the same solution for both problems, which is you, you have to stay dedicated and you have to love it. And it's a level of dedication and it comes from love. It's, it's a labor of love. And until you understand that, you're just not going to make it. You, if you are trying to be uh, a big dog, in the yard, it's it's just not going to happen, or it's not going to last very long. Hype doesn't last very long. I I could not agree more, Jared. Thank you very much for saying that. And for those listening, um, where can they find you? Your socials, your website, and and so on. Oh, okay. Uh, so our my website where uh, I try to keep products in stock is northwoodsfb.com, and then on Instagram, um, northwoodsfb. You should be able to find me there. Um, and then on Facebook, Northwoods Fingerboarding, uh, with a dot in between the. Uh, the two words uh, northwoods is always uh, one word in this space man jared uh thank you so much for this wonderful conversation it, it has definitely been a pleasure and i am going to fight my hardest to get you on again so we can keep the conversation going thank you very much Nostalgia, thank you so much for having me it was really an honor I, some of this stuff has been fed up for a, a long time as you know so i and i can talk as you have quickly found out so anytime you want to chat about this uh you're you're really easy to talk to and uh it was, it was an absolute pleasure so um, i'd love to be back all right. Wonderful. Well, uh, until next time, Jared, take care and I'll see you down the road, my friend. Yes, sir. You do the same. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finger Space podcast. Thanks for skating by and don't forget to nosebonk that subscribe button and dark slide on over to our Discord server. This episode was produced by Fingerspace Co. and hosted by Nostalgia FB. Big thanks to all guests and listeners.